Yes, sir, we promised you a great man. Andre, the Ladies and gentlemen, it is the number one sports and recreation podcast in the world. Your Majesty, Peter Rosenberg, a.k.a. Mr. Enjoy Yourself, joined by the physically large and strong stat guy, Greg. What's up, SGG? Hey, what's going on, Pete? Welcome back to the States. You know, um, bonsoir. <laughs> bonsoir. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? Merci beaucoup. We back. A lot of people were speculating that Alexa was going to take your job, but you're still here. Yeah, I mean, she didn't seem interested, though. I, I, if she was a little bit more interested, I feel like I'd be in danger, but um, she's, she's leaving me with the scraps, which I'm thankful for. Yeah, no, it didn't seem like she was really gunning for you um, <laughs> that hard, to, I'll say. But, um, but yeah, shout out to um, Alexa's brother, Connor, um, definitely want to send love to him on graduating, and um, yeah, you might have seen on my social media or Alexa's social media, a good friend of Alexa's uh, tragically passed away this week. He drowned, which is, I, I don't know, we're flabbergasted by it. A really good dude by the name of Ty Berry, who Alexa went to high school with, and um, I'll just say this about Ty, I haven't seen him in a few years. But Ty was for me, I mean, I'm giving a selfish portrayal of who he was and the way he interacted in my life. In addition to him being just incredibly close um, throughout high school and college, et cetera, with my wife, um, for me, Ty was the the dude who you wanted to be your wife's best guy friend. You know what I'm saying? Like... Just like a great, chill dude. Like, you know, literally would come stay with us. No, not like some dude who you're like, oh, why is this dude friends with my wife? Just like, just a good dude who you could tell was always such a good friend. And, um, yeah, apparently he went swimming in some water down near Knoxville, Tennessee, and something happened. So, um, without getting too, you know, in the weeds of, what feels like has been just way too many tragedies close to us over the last six, seven years. I will just say this, like as the summer approaches, I know people like to go do outdoor stuff, man. I know we love water, but water is, is natural water is not a, no water, but particularly like moving natural water bodies are just like not a game, man. Uh, there's like, I was reading yesterday, there's like 10 accidental drowning deaths a day. Oh, man. So, uh, rest in peace to Ty Berry. He's a really good, he was a really, really good dude. He, on his Facebook page, he had an amazing picture of him and Mark Henry from our wedding, um, of Mark choking him. <laughs> him like, ah! That's the kind of dude he was that he would ask for that picture at the wedding, so. Um, anyways, and, uh, Greg, thank you for your, your sweet text messages and checking in on us. Um, Alexa is a warrior. Uh, she was back on the air last night. Um, 
in a couple of weeks. She'll go down to Tennessee and pay her respects. But anyways, I'm sorry to get started on that foot, but you know we're an open book here. On a more wrestling-related note, I heard that that son of a bee, the maker of shoes, I've heard that he now has, is bleeping out my name on his podcast. I mean, of of course he would, though, because let's be honest. If you're mentioned on that podcast, you're the story, you know. Right. What what can they say that can overshadow anything attached to your name? And uh, nothing. You know. That's a great point. It's a really great point at a USGG. I would be threatened um, by it as well if I was him. You know. Listen, um, you're you're right. You know, listen. When you're right, you're right, and you're right. So. I feel bad for that podcast. Um, I know there are some people who are still relegated to listening to it, and I feel bad for them too. Yeah. Um, so, you know, listen, fortunately, you know, Sam and Hot Dog were smart enough, it seems, to just sort of stay out of our way um, and not get run over. Um, so shout out to them. But, uh, you know... The maker of shoes and whichever one of his coterie of ne'er-do-wells he brings on on a given week, you know, they want to bleep out our names. That's fine. Uh, listen, you want to get froggy? Ribbit, ribbit. That's what I have to say, SGG. Ribbit, ribbit. We're down to get froggy. We'll jump. I live on a lily pad. I'm comfortable on lily pads. <laughs> That's what I do. So, that's not a problem. Matter of fact, I'll be in Chicago. Money in the bank. You want to meet me there? Oh, let me guess. I doubt it. So, anyways. Easy work. SGG. Easy work. What's, uh, what's going on outside the ring when it comes to professional wrestling? So, um, we reported here that Enzo's, the, the charges against him were dropped. And uh, it seems like Enzo is done laying low because he's now released um, a music video and a, and a song addressing the allegations and uh, also denied having any knowledge of the allegations prior to uh, us all finding out. So it seems like Enzo is, is diving right back into into the public eye. Well, uh, yeah, and he released the music. Did you listen to the music? I did. I did. And? Um, I don't think it's his best work. I'll say that. Do you mean as a rapper or as a wrestler? Um, both. Both. Um. Okay. Yeah, because I mean, Enzo as a wrestler was known for being great on the mic. Uh, he had those one liners was very witty. And I don't think that really came through, uh, on this, on this particular track. I think his energy overshadowed what he was trying to say. And some of the lyrics were just wild, controversial too, which was just like, it gives you a little bit of pause, but, um, but yeah, I, I it was, it was not his best work. Yeah, and also, and then the one other problematic part was the timing 
Um, I don't know if you're aware, um, our listening audience uh, may be aware, there was another rap beef. There were rap records this week that people were really focused on. Oh, yeah. So... Not necessarily. He almost dropped it. Like, what day did he drop it? He dropped Monday? it right between the two. I think he did drop it Monday. So, like, it was literally in the middle of Pusha T and Drake. It just, I, I barely got time to sit with it. You know, a bunch of people tweeted me at first and asked about it, and it just timing wise because of what my career is, and now I'm dealing with this Kanye. Nonsense. You so, didn't get you didn't get out get out to Wyoming, huh? No, I did. I do want to be clear about something though. I was invited, and I did not go. That is an option we have as human beings. Just because you're offered a free trip, you don't have to be flown out like a groupie. You don't have to be. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, it was Wyoming too, though. That. Like, I don't even blame you for passing up on the trip to Wyoming, even if you set aside all the other Kanye-related. Uh, Wyoming, Wyoming's a Wyoming's a uh, an amazing place. I've heard, always heard Jackson Hole's amazing, but like, I can't just go there on a whim, bro. For for thirty seconds, who's going from New York to Wyoming for a night? It's far. It's a real trip. What are you <laughs> like? That's I'm not, I'm not skiing. What are we doing? Like, I, I, that's, I just, you know, listen, I haven't gotten, I haven't really gotten a chance to spend enough time with it to give it a thorough review. I'd, I'd like to try to do that at some point. I haven't yet, but I, you know, I listened to it a bunch today, but it was like, I listened to it out of order and it was choppy and I was annoyed by the whole thing. Um, so I didn't really get a chance. But like, man, I tell you, people are just fanboys, bro. Like, it's just, people are just unwilling to, listen, I'll put it this way and then we'll move on from hip hop and actually talk some wrestling today. But for example, the relationship with Kanye and everything that he did, and it's the equivalent to me of your girl cheats on you on Saturday, okay? You find out about it Sunday. You know, you're not saying you're getting a divorce, but you're upset. Okay. A week later, a week later, she's like, hey, so are you going to come to my birthday party with all my friends? And you're like, fam, I might forgive you. I'm not coming to celebrate you. Right. What? What? Where is it? And, and the Wyoming. friends know about That's what everything has happened too, right? Well, everyone knows. Everyone knows everything. Appreciate it. Thanks for the invite. Maybe I'll make up with you one day and be interested in hanging out again. I'm certainly not taking a trip to Wyoming in the middle of my week to go celebrate you right now. I'm sorry. So I have a lot of people I know and respect and like that went out there. Some of them, I'm sure went there and we're like listen i'm gonna go i'm gonna be objective i'm gonna hear it out i'm annoyed but i want to hear the album i'm a journalist it's my job some of you guys were just geeked to get a trip man you were just geeked to fly on a private jet or do whatever you you know all of this stuff to be around chris rock and these celebrities i'm the mage one i'm mr enjoy yourself (laughs) you think i you think i haven't enjoyed myself around chris rock before 
or every single person there. I'm 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 not. I'm from New York City. This is not Sioux City, okay? This is shout out to Seth Rollins. We're not in Iowa, okay? I'm not in Kansas anymore. Shout out to Danny Manning, Paul Pierce. This isn't Kansas. This is New York City. You're not going to glamour me with your party with celebrities. So I'll listen to it. I'll decide if I like it. But a lot of people, I mean, let's just look. look yo, Kanye's promo plan to go have this party out there was basically like it, it might have been orchestrated by the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got a price for Kanye West. And, and guess what y'all did? You ran out like Virgil. A whole bunch of Virgils. Yeah, that's sad, but so true. Like, they got bought out. Shout out to Virgil. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, yes, there's the Enzo story. What else is there, SGG? And uh, the CM Punk Colt Cabana WWE trial began this week. Um, there was some talk of them possibly settling the case, but it has proceeded to trial. And... Um, I think it started Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. So this is going to be the fourth day. And okay. I did I did read up some of the testimony and some of what happened on, um, I believe it was the first day of the trial. And it okay. seems to me that if I were the Dr. Dr. Amon's lawyers, I would be... Um, Really pushing for a settlement to try and make this go away because I, I do believe that if it, if the trial concludes and the jury comes back with a decision, um, he is going, he's not going to get anything. So it's better for him to settle and take a little bit less than he wanted to take or honestly take whatever they throw at him to make it go away and just Go forward playing nice, but because uh, you know, based on his own testimony, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna walk with a, away with anything. Um, he's suing them for defamation, um, slander based on what they said in the podcast. But he also admitted in his testimony that um, it hasn't affected his job with the WWE. So like, he didn't lose anything. And I know when when people feel like you know he said he felt embarrassed and he was hurt by it. Um, and so that's why he sued. But, you know, to, to sue for defamation, you still need the the damages. You need to have lost something. You need to prove, you know, some monetary value that, you know, this case cost you. Whether it's like if he said he got fired and then he could prove what his salary would have been and things like that, that would be worth something. If it hurt some other job prospects, that would be worth something. But just because they mentioned his name in a way that he didn't like, it's I don't think it's worth anything. And I think, um, I think a judge is going to feel that same way when they hand out those jury instructions. And I think with that in the back of their mind, like as hurt as he is, you know his feelings. It's not going to be worth. It's not going to be worth a million dollars. You don't well, get a million dollars for hurt feelings. Well, he better hope that the WWE doesn't get um, Brian Dipperstein to testify because. <laughs> If Dipperstein testifies against CM Punk, you know what he's going for. I know this isn't even possible. He would go for the death penalty. <laughs> um, so, I digress. Um, what else you got, SUG? 
Uh, that was all I had. Those are the two biggest news stories um, blowing up this week. The punk trial and the Enzo's happenings. Oh, and um, it seems like NBC uh, did lock down Raw. The Hollywood Reporter reported that they they paying, um, I, I believe, somewhere in the range of $1.2 billion for Raw. So for WWE, you know, to get... One billion for SmackDown over five years, and then um, one point two billion for Raw. Um, not to mention the money that they make for you know network specials and pay per views and everything like that. I, you know, it's a good time to be a WWE stockholder. I know I should be a WWE stockholder. Damn it! Yeah, I I should have got in when it was when it was getting was good because now like the. It's great. It's gotta be great. If I had even, if I had even just gotten in when I started working there, I'd be lit. Yep. Cause the stock I price. Mean, by the way, up. is that a, is that coincidental? I mean, listen, we don't know. Um, alright, SGG, do you want to move to actual wrestling? Yeah, let's step into the ring. I don't see why not. We are now two weeks away from money in the bank. Um, what do you think is the primary, what would you say is the primary focus as we head towards money in the bank? The primary focus, it feels like is, are those, um, those two money in the bank matches, um, the men's and then definitely the women's match. Um, but specifically within that, who, who do you think? I mean, I, I think as always, all roads point to Braun Strowman. I I hear you, but with Samoa Joe in that uh, Money in the Bank match, I feel like he might be he might be the guy to sneak away a win. Oh, I'm not saying I'm not saying in terms of getting a win. Sorry, you're right. I said that in a way that implies that. In terms of what the focus is, TV time was. Oh yeah, definitely Braun and Braun and Finn. I would say because um, the two of them, um, they had some really good matches on. They had a great match last week, and I, I like the way that the match was done in a way that, you know, even though Finn lost, he still looked really strong uh, against Braun Strowman. You know, and uh, for me, it, they, it, they did it in a way that made Finn look like, it almost felt like he could beat Braun, which means that he could be presented in a way that he could beat Brock, the way they really utilized his speed, if they go in that direction, you know? Where do, where do you think we stand with, like, it's, I find this, to, I'm never really good. I mean, one of the things I'm not particularly good at is like looking to the future and telling you the way I think things are going to play out. But I find it particularly difficult to do it now when it feels like Brock Lesnar is so removed from the show. Has Brock ever felt this removed? Um, I would say since he came back, yeah, because he would always take those those huge breaks, you know, um, and just but it feels more more pronounced right now because he has the championship with him. So well, and 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 the winner and the winner of Money in the Bank, while it guarantees a championship opportunity, it, it's not leading towards a match with Brock, right? Um, and I like that they were careful to say, you know, the winner. 
has to fight for the championship on their brand. So, so if Finn wins, then he's stuck challenging for the Universal Championship. But that's the thing, though. Like, you know, it's it'll be very hard to schedule an impromptu match. Or like, like you can run on up on AJ at any time, right? Because he's got to worry about Nakamura hitting him in the balls. He's out. You run up, cash in. You can't cash in well, on a, a guy who's not there. But why do you have to specify which brand it is? Don't you think it's more fun to leave it open-ended that they could show up to either show? I, I do think it's more fun to make it open-ended. I, um, I like – I don't get the advantage of that. Why not, why not leave the door open? Why specify? Yeah, I don't know. I, I wonder if they were overcompensating for all the confusion um, about last year with Carmella. Like, oh, will she or won't she cash in on – on Raw, was she cashing on Alexa Bliss? What is she gonna do? Is she gonna move over to the to Raw with her Money in the Bank briefcase? And then um, she ended up cashing in on Charlotte and staying on SmackDown. But I think to to just sort of put that to bed and answer all those questions now, they they're specifying that whoever has the briefcase, the the briefcase is gonna stay on that brand. I love the idea. I love the idea of you know, um, let's say. Finn wins and you know on a given week of Smackdown the champion AJ Styles has a really a tough match one in which he could really you know get beat up and then like at the end of the match Finn's music hits and he's standing at the top of the ramp maybe he cashes in maybe he doesn't but it's like you could strategize that way. You know, you're keeping an eye on what happens on both brands. And then, of course, if you want them to stay within your brand, well, that's your choice. I don't know if they know this. They can make up the rules. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, I'm with you, though. I don't like the the handcuffing and making it stay with either brand, especially, like I said, with Raw, um, Brock is never there. So it kind of takes some of the excitement out of it because with these other brands, and, you know, definitely when Carmella had it, Every, every time a women's champion had a match or like even appeared on screen, it was like some real intrigue. And um, and with these shows being co-branded too, I don't think they needed to say he has to stay on the brand because, um, you know, after Money in the Bank, the next pay-per-view, they're going to be together again anyway. I think that's Extreme Rules. Um, you know, SummerSlam, the whole entire roster is going to be backstage, so... It could have been, you know, like you said, Finn could have popped up on AJ at a pay-per-view and just, like, tease him with the cash in just to have that intrigue and make people pay attention to both brands to see what was happening with the briefcase. Real quick, I also, we forgot to mention a couple of things. One, John Cena putting over Velveteen Dream. Oh, come on. You know that was going to come up in the Black Power Rankings. Oh, got it. All right, so we'll save that. And then um, John Cena and Nikki Bella back together. You're welcome. Never doubt me ever. Well, anyone. you said you didn't want to talk about it, so we didn't talk about it. I didn't. I left it alone, but it was – stop it. Also, stop this it. this bar- isn't this isn't necessarily proof that they were working, but, I mean, it does – it does lend itself to um, to that theory. Oh yeah, of course it doesn't guarantee it, but it is interessante, very 
in Terrasante. But people break uh, up and right. get back together all the time, though. They do, but John C. They, they don't necessarily do interviews where they're just like, I don't know. I just, I just hope we could get back together. I just, and all of a sudden become completely outspoken about their relationship every time they go anywhere. And happen to be doing tons of press. Yo, oh, I, and it happens to revolve around the, the, the debut, the, the, the premiere episode of a season of a TV show they're on. Ask your friend, ask your friend who just had his heart broken or her heart broken if they want to talk about the relationship. Like, people do it, though. Like, they dump their feelings. Now, you know, John Cena. It just doesn't seem very John Cena. It doesn't seem very John Cena. That I'll give you. It doesn't seem very John Cena. But it's like the average person who just got his heart broken or her heart broken, it seems like something that a human would do. Want to That's talk true. about it to everybody? Um, I mentioned this last week in your absence, Greg. I'm very happy, and it continues with um, the role of Jinder Mahal on Raw. This is much better if you're a Jinder Mahal fan than it was just several months ago on SmackDown. Wouldn't mm-hmm. you agree? I I, I do. Uh, he feels like because he looks like he could beat people up, and now it feels like it too because he's getting these competitive matches with. Um, last week it was Roman Reigns. This week. Um, Seth Rollins. He looks, and not only that, and not only that, SGG, but it's also just the fact that they've the character has been toned down. I really wonder if there was like a serious conversation, if it was about one of the Singh brothers being out, but whatever it was, he now just seems like a general badass bad guy, and not like an over the top cartoon character, don't you think? Yeah, they they're leaning on. Um the the jingoism a lot less i i don't know why that is i i couldn't even tell you but it it's definitely noticeable though that they're relying less on him pointing out that he's different and making people feel like not necessarily bad about their feeling of, of diversity but just like you hate me because i'm different they're just leaving that alone but he still feels more entitled, though. Like he feels like he's getting screwed out of opportunities, which I also like because he he kinda is. He didn't even get a chance to qualify for that Money in the Bank match, thanks to Roman. Um, I also what are your what are your thoughts on Seth Rollins and Elias seeming to be getting into a program? <sighs> this is this is very, very mage, um, and Elias like. You know, he gets overshadowed a lot um, Monday to Monday just because he's on the brand with Braun and Rollins and Roman. Um, But he, you got to tip your hat to him because he's been running the same gimmick since he's been called up. And uh, it hasn't been stale yet. It hasn't, it hasn't gotten boring. It hasn't gotten stale. And, um, you know, you got to tip your hat to him. And on top of that, he can go in the ring, man, like. He really oh can. man, I'll tell you what. It's his flying elbow and Kyrie Sands flying elbows are are two of my top 4 ever. Who's the other four? Randy Savage is obviously in there. I would say the best elbows of all time are <laughs> Savage Kyrie Sane in that order, by the way, um, mm. Elias mm. and probably HBK. Yeah, I mean, but I'll tell you what, 
I absolutely adore Kyrie Sands. I mean, I like a, the diving elbow. It's genius. It's genius. Yeah, Velveteen Dream has a has a pretty good um, elbow drop too. But like that dude, just he's just good all around everything he does. But um, Elias, though Elias and Seth Rollins, it really does open up the potential to give us some really good matches. And uh, yeah, that gets hard so shot big too. Yeah, man, it's crazy. Um, all right. Oh, by the way, don't forget we will be getting to our mailbag. Oh, how much mail do I have that I haven't? Oh, not that bad. I have like ten I haven't gotten to. Okay. Um, also, guess what I'm doing? Uh, everyone will be excited to know. Guess what I'm doing tomorrow evening? Bring it to the table. No, that would be that would be really mage. Damn, you just got my hopes up. That actually hurt that you just said that. I'm sorry. I just I got excited. You might as well. You might as well just punch me in the stomach. Woo! R.I.P. Bring it to the table. No. <clears throat> um. I will be, this is the, le- the, not the exciting part for our audience, but I will be hosting the Sports Center Snapchat tomorrow night. Oh. Um, that is mage. They do a, there's a Snapchat Sports Center a couple times a day. I'm doing the Saturday midnight one. Also, by the way, have I mentioned how mage the new episode of Open Late is with Swizz Beats? You need to go watch that. Um, great panel, including our people's real life Kaz and Laura Styles. Plus, Swizzy interviews phenomenal. That's on YouTube.com slash complex. But yes, I'm going to Bristol to do Snapchat on Saturday. So as a result, before that, I'm going to for a nice early mage dinner with the Brian Campbell. Oh, wow. See, he, and he was smart enough to stay out of this, this beef too. We, I know, we know where he falls. His loyalty's right here. He's come on. He knows it. I mean, he is smart enough to know. Like, let me not bother. But if he did, he's a no limit soldier. So Dolph Ziggler and uh, Drew McIntyre show up as a tag team, and for the past couple of weeks, they've been beating on Jason Jordan, not Jason Jordan, Chad Gable. Do you think Jason Jordan reunites with Chad Gable to help him? To like sort of even the odds against uh, the show. I would have fun. I would have fun seeing some Jason Jordan, Chad Gable. But honestly, considering where they started going with Jason Jordan, wouldn't that almost be like a devotion? Kind of. Kind of, because I mean, like they could they could throw him back in the picture with Seth Rollins, but then you know Dean Ambrose, what do you do with him? Because isn't it fair to say that Jason Jordan only got thrown in the picture with Seth Rollins because Dean Ambrose um, got injured? Yeah, probably. But I actually would have loved if they if there was an empty slot. And the week before Money in the Bank, which is not this week but the following Monday, Jason Jordan showed up and got the last Money in the Bank slot and won Money in the Bank. Jason Jordan walking around with the briefcase would be so mage and obnoxious. <laughs> I didn't think I of it, but now that you say that, I would love that too. 
I'm a big Jason. I think Jason Jordan has so much upside still. Oh man. I really miss him, man. I really, I thought, I thought he was coming back. I thought we were like getting him any minute. Yeah, he should be coming back any minute, I think. Uh, maybe they're holding off till after Money in the Bank. But I, I feel like, especially with Chad Gable having to contend against a tag team right now, um, it just makes sense. Yeah, I think that's what's needed. I need some Jason Jordan in my life. There's a lot of great wrestlers. We know this. And there are actually some great combinations of talent having good matches. What is lacking right now from the TV shows, to me, is like really meaningful stories. Um, you know, AJ and... There's something with AJ and Nakamura, obviously, though I don't, we don't, I don't think any of us think it's iconic like it could have been, or maybe hopefully will still be. And there's something interesting between, you know, Daniel Bryan and Big Kaz, or at least there's, there's something there, and there's an, another bigger arc with The Miz. Um, but week to week, I just don't know that I feel there's enough, like, compelling stories where I go, I want to see what's next. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't, I'm not invested in Sami Zayn and Bobby Lashley. No, not at all. Um, I, the the Bailey Sasha story has taken entirely too long to start. No, it started, but like they're teasing out every single moment, and I, it's so weird because on the other end, you have, um, Ko and Sammy. Who are running a sort of similar story perfectly. Like at any moment you believe they could turn on each other and be at each other's throats, but they have like this friendship that's hanging on by a thread and they're telling that story flawlessly and have been since like November. But meanwhile, you have yeah, Bailey true. and Sasha. That's, that's a really great point. That's a really great point because Sa- Sammy and KO do, you know that they've had major problems. You know they've ended up hurting each other and like, Blaming each other, but at the same time, their friendship seems real. But I mean, listen, this is this is a point when you just have to be honest and blunt, okay? When it comes to mic work, Sammy and Ko are just on a completely different playing field than Bailey and Sasha. So, like a lot of times, we want to point to writers, you want to point to this, you want to point to that. Can't we? Isn't it? No matter what was the creative. There's no way Sammy and KO wouldn't be better at it. That, that That's their strong suit. Like, they're both great wrestlers, but those guys, Sammy and KO, are as, you know, they're really great promos, both of them. Sammy's really great. Like, I yeah. know everyone hated the Lashley bit last week. I get that. It was not a, not a Hall of Fame bit. But it's never Sammy Zayn's performance on the mic. Never. Also, yeah, I Bobby love, Lashley's, I just, honestly. I just love heel Sammy dancing to his music. His music is such baby face music that is make, that's made so heelish by him being a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Cause it really is such happy go lucky music that I now, I love it. I absolutely love it. And it's cool that he gets to still like, they didn't change anything, which is kind of perfect. Cause, um, cause then like, you know, he's staying true to himself. KO stays true to himself. And, like, you can see why. Like, they didn't, they're still friends. Like, they're still the same person. And that's why you believe that at any moment 
they could there could be this chaos between them because like they didn't really change, like you said, neither one of them. What they need to do is always, whenever, whenever Seth Rollins appears, if you are trying to get a pop in any way, you need to start the song from the Burn It Down. Yes. I had this thought the other day, too. Burn It Down is so... I hate his theme song as just a bunch of messy drums up top. I liked it without the burn it down. Like with the, his his theme song, I thought was really great. Without no, the burn I'm it telling down. you though, people did people never people never fully connected with the with the with the first sounds of his st- song until it got the burn it down. I don't know. I really I don't know. I feel like he because if you watch his old entrances, um, he had it timed down like he had it so perfectly like. His song would start, he would get the drum intros, and by the time it went silent, he was already at the top of the ramp, like ready to throw his hands up I'm when not it goes saying, silent. I'm not saying he didn't I'm not saying he didn't execute it well. I'm just telling you I don't think the crowd popped the same way. I think it was always like wait, what's this? Oh, yeah. It just it did it didn't not everything needs to have like a, a a vocal sample at the beginning. Not everyone is um I I spit in the face. You don't always want to have that. But in this case, I believe his theme song is made 10 times better by having the burn it down. It just, it, the, listen, maybe just personal. You, you guys can tell us how you feel. For me, I did not used to pop at all when I'd heard the beginning of the song. Now when I hear burn it down, I, I like, it's just so much, it triggers my brain. It just, it just, the synapse works better. It yeah, makes sense. But I'm with you though. The burn it down has to, has to be the first thing you hear. Um, I saw a tweet too, like maybe a week or two ago, and it said um, that the burn it down was Rollins' glass breaking, and it's true, but not with that intro in the front of it though. Like they get to go straight to the burn it down, and then he can come out. Oh, it's only it's only glass breaking a Jace, which of course you want to work to your argument that you're insane. No, I mean I don't think it is because it doesn't like it doesn't start out. It doesn't start off his intro. Like those opening chords, like have. like when Bret Hart had the that guitar riff, and when um, even like the drums to get Sean going with Sensational Sherry screaming, like the first thing you hear, like is the thing. You can't have something that comes after that. That's like, you know, it's it's not up there until like you said, the burn it down comes first. Um, hey SGG, uh, at at my brother in law's graduation, I was so disappointed. They kept playing Macho Man's theme. And he, I never, he never appeared. Yeah. Over and over again. That's weak. And every time it happens, I can't help but put one hand on my, on my waist and the other hand up in the air, one finger in the air. Did they, did they at least put him on the video tron, the big screen? No. No. No, no Titan drone. Hey, SGG, before we get to the mailbag, I would love it if you would hit us with some black power rankings oh they've been waiting the people have been waiting patiently for weeks for a new black power rankings what do you have sgg all right so in the honorable mentions category i gotta give it to bianca belair uh on last night's nxt 
or I guess it's a Wednesday night NXT um, episode. They aired a video package and they went through her history. And I think they did a great job of um, of telling you who she is and giving you some background. And honestly, for me, it felt like with uh, the presentation of this video package, introducing us to Bianca Belair, it set us up for more from her. And um, I said this, you know, when she debuted, she she's going to be a star. So I think if they execute this right, uh, she's going to go go places and be huge on the main roster. So she gets the honorable mention. And then number three, I'm giving it to Sasha Banks, who claimed the last spot on the women's Money in the Bank match uh, after after defeating you know Ruby Riot, who um, went through Bailey, Dana Brooke, and Mickey James to make it to the end. And uh, I know you're high on Ruby Riot. I don't know if other people will realize it. Um, I recognize it too. Ruby Riot, right can go, man. She's up there, like she's rising up the ranks as one of the best workers that they have. But um, this is one isn't about Ruby Riot. This is about Sasha Banks, and she's coming in at number three on the Black Power Rankings for securing that last spot and uh, potentially going on to win the Women's Money in the Bank briefcase. And in at number two is a tie between uh, Ricochet and the Velveteen Dream. Uh, and these two men have, mm. since they've been put together on NXT television, they have been, you know, they've been giving us the moments of the night uh, week after week. Uh, they had a great one-on-one match that got interrupted by Lars Sullivan. And then they went out on uh, a two-on-one handicap match against Lars Sullivan. And they looked like a really, like a really crisp tag team they gelled they gelled together like they've been working together for years and you know i even had the thought that i would love to see them team up and uh you know i was excited if that was the direction that they were gonna go um dream ended up turning on him and then last night after his match with chris dijak you know ricochet was confronted by velveteen dream and i don't know if you saw this uh floating around social media at all rosenberg but um ricochet is in the ring and Velveteen Dream is on the ramp. And Dream says to Ricochet after some back and forth, anything you can do, I can do better. And Ricochet, who's in the ring, runs full speed toward the ramp. Oh, yeah, I saw this. Does a jumping flip over the top rope, sticks the landing perfectly. Like, he lands and then proceeds to walk like he just rolled out of the ring. You can't even, you wouldn't even know that he jumped I don't know how many feet in the air to make that landing. He doesn't stumble at all. And then walks right up to Dream and says, show me. And the look on Dream's face, like the shock and awe, just conveyed what we were all feeling. And uh, these these guys, man, I'm, I'm really excited to see the, the match that this feud produces. I think it's going to be like match of the year quality, um, honestly. And in the number one, Cedric Alexander, who... Defended his Cruiserweight Championship against um, Buddy Murphy on 205 Live and was probably the best 205 Live match ever. And wow. Yeah, definitely. And also probably, I'd say, um, match of the year contender so far in WWE. Um, definitely the best match that didn't involve Andrade or Gargano, for sure. Um, so if you haven't seen that, that title defense on 205 Live, 
definitely go check that out. Well, listen, I, I, I Greg, I'm a little distracted right now because I realize I just lost an auction that I, I, I really, I actually planned on winning. Thought I was going to be able to get it in time. Miscalculated the timing. And I lost a Dusty Rhodes t-shirt. Damn. Oh, no. It does not come up very often. The Dusty with the polka dots t-shirt. Oh, no. Not a common shirt. It's not a common shirt. (laughs) And if you lost it to you-know-who, then it stings even more. Who did I lose it to? Does it not tell you? I probably lost it to my own friend. I wonder if I lost it to Ted. I should ask him. (laughs) He's going to sell it to you for more. Because then he could turn around and sell it to me. Um. All right, SUG, you ready to move on to the mailbag? Yes, sir. It's my favorite part of the week. It, it really, your favorite part now? I love it. I love hearing hearing the feedback from the from the listeners. Um, you know, as much as I love myself and my blackness, the Black Power Rankings is just me doing more of what I do anyway. You know, so right. getting this interaction with the people, is, I look forward to it. All right. Well, here we go. Let me get into some things right now. Uh, right now, RosenbergBeats at gmail.com. Start off with um, Great Finishers. Hey, Peter, just recently got into the Cheap Heat podcast. Been a wrestling fan since the 90s. Michael K. Show got me on, blah, 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 blah. Listening to podcasts. Popping about the Kyrie St. Elbow. I agree, but I don't think it tops Ember Moon's The Eclipse. Uh, it's like a Stone Cold Steve Stunner from the top rope. Tremendous. Yes, I agree. This also made me think about the greatest finishers of all time. I'm biased to, to Goldberg's spear and jackhammer. Interesting choice. Um, but I can totally, I can certainly appreciate the stunner, tombstone pile driver, rock bottom. What are your thoughts on the greatest finishers of all time? It's a conversation we've had regularly on the show, but I enjoy it regardless. Um, to me, the, the best finishers are one that leave no doubt. No friggin' doubt. That's why, for me, I loved, in the late 80s, the Jake the Snake DDT. Mm-hmm. Absolutely loved the Jake the Snake DDT. Um, SGG, what else do we have on our list recently when we were talking about a bunch of them? Um, I remember the Randy Orton, the RKO was, was up there, but now, you know, so many people... Kick out of the RKO, um, you know. Um, but they are, the RKO in its prime is mage. Yes, yes, it is. Um, but the the finisher that we overlooked too, because I remember we had this conversation a few months ago, and somebody brought up Neville's Red Arrow as a finisher. Like you said, like it fit all the criteria that we were listing. You know, it's it looks good. And it finishes the matches. And I know the RKO fell down our list because it's not as protected. Because, you know, people kick out of it a lot. Same thing with um, John Cena's FU. And even the F5 gets kicked out a lot. But um, somebody mentioned to me that no one has kicked out of the Red Arrow since Neville um, debuted on the main roster. 
which is insane. That is that's interesting, and that is a dope one too. Um, but yeah, listen, the tombstone's great. Um, the leg drop's great. Uh, the leg drop grew on me as time went on. When you're young, uh, you, you think it's like so basic, and then as I got older. I really took some appreciation for how big a man Hogan is and how high and and how exactly parallel to the mat he gets. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of shocking. Um, you go back and watch like even in WCW um, when even even really when he came back to WWE. Now you know why he can barely walk because the man was nearly 50 years old and he like was he he falls on the ground. He gets his. He gets his butt up to like it looks like five six feet in the air, mm-hmm. which so it's pretty I was, incredible. I was gonna say which brings this conversation sort of full circle because he opened up with um, Amber's moon, Amber Moon's um, eclipse, and she needs to stop doing that finisher <laughs> if she wants to have longevity to her career. Like it looks great, and we yeah, all but love it. But like you it? said, it's a top rope stunner, and she lands. She lands right on her butt every time. She lands similar to the way Hogan does when he um, when he lands that leg drop. And uh, I remember listening to an interview Jay Briscoe from Ring of Honor said he did a top rope leg drop once. And the way his back and his spine felt, he swore he would never do it again. And she's basically doing that every time she does an eclipse. And um, it, it can't be good on the back, the spine, and like her body. So as beautiful as that finisher looks, um, she might be want to think about phasing that out. Uh, hey guys, this comes from Ross. A few weeks ago, you guys were talking about teachers using the Mrs. Catchphrase in class and students booing even louder because of it. I'm a sixth grade reading teacher and I made the mistake of using the phrase once about a year ago. I rarely ever yell in my class and definitely try to never yell out of anger. But one day the kids were being especially rowdy and I just wasn't having it. I'm not sure why, but I decided to shout this. I probably watched SmackDown the day before as this was when The Miz was still on SD. But I shot my hand up in the air and shouted, When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. However, I realized what I was saying before I finished it and started laughing at myself before I got to the word shut. Immediately... Four boys looked up confused and one says, Mr. Carter, you sound like the Miz. The class got even rowdier. Enjoy yourselves, Ross. P.S. Rosenberg versus Shoemaker at Mania 35. Book it, Vince. Hashtag mage. Hashtag broadcasters over podcasters. Fantastic Mm. message. Hey, Rosenberg, this is from Anthony. I really enjoyed last week's podcast with you and your lovely wife. I like the conversation about the Kyrie Sane elbow drop. I would like to propose a question to you and SGG. Which wrestler not in WWE presently from any other promotion in the world that you would like to see in the WWE? I would love to see the Young Bucks in WWE because I've been watching some of their matches lately and I think they're really entertaining. Also, don't know if you noticed, but it seems... Um, blah, 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 blah. All right, let's just keep it with that. Stay amazed and enjoy yourself. Thank you, Anthony. I'm going to keep it very generic. The, the only person besides Kenny Omega that I'm currently, like, waiting for is the eventual storybook return of Cody Rhodes. Mm. That, to me now, is the best story that could exist in wrestling. 
Is Cody Rhodes leaving, becoming the biggest in the world, and coming back as an absolute star? To me, that is going to be mage. I am, I'm more excited about it than I am about CM Punk coming back. That's, that's my choice. SGG? Yeah, two names immediately jumped to, to the forefront of my mind when you, when you asked that question. Um, Cody Rhodes is a great answer, but for me, the, the two guys are Jay and Jay, Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe. Um, for some reason, I've always wanted to see Jay Briscoe in WWE. I think he'd, he'd do really well there, especially now that he has so many people that he, you know, came up with who are over there and you could trust them all to put on great matches. And Jay Lethal is just like, he's, he's disgustingly good at what he does. And it's a shame that he never got that look to go to WWE. I um, I'm a little uh, I I I've sort of moved on from the idea of unfortunately Jay Lethal ever making it to WWE. I mean, maybe I shouldn't. I'd be thrilled. I love him. I think it's such a waste that he's not on in WWE. So you think it's still not too late? I don't think so because I mean, so listen to what you just said, right? You sort of moved on from the idea of Jay Lethal coming to WWE, but two years ago. You would have said the same thing about AJ Styles, right? Or, you know, Samoa Joe. Um, or Bobby Roode. And now those three, those three have popped up. Um, there was a time when Kevin Owens himself was resigned to the fact that he would never, never get signed. And not only did he sign, but he, he got signed. He debuted and had probably the best rookie year of anybody, um, on the roster right now. So, you know, I'd say never say never. You never know. You never know. All right, last one, because I have to go to work. I can't believe it's my day has completely gotten away from me. Um, Christopher Martinez, I like this, controversial message. Goes against a lot of the other emails we're getting. Rosenberg, I'm a huge fan of all Rosenberg vehicles. Thank you. And by the way, if you guys are ever curious about my sports vehicle, you can always hear the Michael K. Show on the ESPN app or subscribe on iTunes. And if you just want to hear my segment, I do a half-hour segment, 20-minute segment every day that's led by me. You can search for that also alone it's called ENN so if you want to subscribe on iTunes to the ENN podcast you'll just get my 20 minute segment on sports every day I never really plug that I should all right I'm a huge fan of all Rosemary vehicles I think Seth Rollins is being overrated right now yes his wrestling has been phenomenal but I cannot remember his last important storyline I believe his run as a baby face has been very boring and his gift as a wrestler is being one of the biggest baddest heels in the company would love to know your opinion. Also, I was just wondering, how can I get some open late tickets? I'd love to go to a taping when I'm home in New York for the summer um, before I go back to college at University of Louisville. Thanks, Stay Mage. Good message, Christopher. We're about we're going on hiatus in a few weeks for open late, um, but we did have a real audience for the first time this week. So keep your eye on Complex uh, Instagram. That's how they that's how they did the audience last time. I think it's an interesting take, SGG. Um, I think Rollins has been great. But I actually would agree that I think it's being a little bit overstated how incredible it is. I'm here for it. I love that the crowd's into it. and But I'm sort of admittedly a follower. Like, I'm excited because <laughs> the crowd's excited. Like, I'm not really excited about it because I think he's doing the best work I've ever seen. But I love that everyone's into it, so I'm here for it. Um, so I, I think it's actually 
not a terrible take. And it's interesting because all we get these days is emails at RosenbergBeats at Gmail with people talking about how much they love Seth and how it's the biggest run of his life. Uh, I find that take interesting. So so is he doing the best work that we've ever seen? Mm, probably not. Is he doing the best work that we've seen right now or that we're seeing right now? Yes. Um, he's shining. He's outshining everybody that he's in the ring with. Now, is it overrated? When you throw in the criteria of him ha- not having any meaningful storylines beyond his open challenge, then I guess, okay, he loses points for that. But, you know, when, when I heard that sentence, my first question to myself was, but who is getting, like, really meaningful storylines right now? Uh, not really. You know, the storylines don't mean as much. Um, well, yeah, we sort of spoke to that earlier. That that that's sort of one of the problems. Yeah, like even even when Seth Rollins was in the Shield, and you know they were feuding with Evolution, that storyline felt big. Like storylines, you know, when he broke up and him and Dean Ambrose went at it, like those storylines felt big. But now it's just like people are are putting on great matches that don't really have like a a life changing WWE universe shifting storyline, which I'm sort of okay with right now. Um, especially, or at least in Seth's case, because the matches are so good. But, um, you know, based on the criteria that he laid out, I can see the argument for him being overrated. I don't think he's overrated. Um, but that's just me. Guys, I have to go to ESPN right now. Rosenbergbeats at gmail.com. Shout out to everyone over at uh, ESPN who helps makes make this uh, podcast possible. Don't forget to go listen to uh, to go check out the episode of Open Late. Don't forget to check out that Sports Center Snapchat um, coming up on Saturday night. I will tell I will tell the Brian Campbell that you guys all miss him um, immensely. Um, shout out to my man Kyrie at ESPN and um, SGG. Do me a favor. I don't. I want you to not only stay mage this weekend, but if you can, I'd love if you could just also enjoy yourself. Oh yeah.